Welcome to My Best 11 Podcast. Today we are joined by an Irish international who's, who played the majority of his career um, at, at a few clubs, QPR, um, Chalois in Belgium, Millwall, Swindon, Bristol Rovers and then Luton Town and has also managed a number of teams including a few of those in there, but particularly honourable mentions go to, of course, to QPR, Wickham and Aldershot. But we are here to talk about his playing career. He may dabble a bit in the management, but his playing career. Today we are joined by Gary Waddock. How are you, Gary? Yeah, very well. Yourselves? Very good, thank you. Marvin, Gary, Andrew. How, how, obviously, three, three, four seasons with Gary at Luton? I, I know. Um, I was. We were just speaking a minute ago off air, I mean, when I when I'm doing the research, because obviously we always do research, I'm really honoured and blessed to have played with Wads. Seeing the <laughs> amount of top top players he's played with, honestly, I am blown away. And it's always <laughs> great to see the Waddler, as I used to call him, and because, um, like I said, I mean, he kept things simple, could look after himself. I mean, and was I mean, a great, fantastic acquisition for us um, when Pleaty. Went out and got him. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was some good times when it was some great times. Uh, great times. I had a, a, a great period at the club and some big personalities in that dress room. And uh, you were definitely one of them, mate. I've got to tell you, good character, good personality, and thoroughly enjoyed playing uh, alongside you. Fantastic. So we're here to talk about the whole of your playing career. Um, and what we're going to do is, those listeners who haven't listened before, we're going to go through um, Gary's best 11 players he's ever set foot on a pitch with. So that can be um, all the way, technically, I suppose, from schoolboys all the way up to the top, top level um, playing internationally. What we're going to do, jump straight out, straight, well, really jump straight in. Over to you, Gary, in terms of what's the formation you picked and how come this formation have you tried? Because there are so many good players to fit in or you've played with better midfielders rather than strikers or vice versa or what you've done? I've had to go with um, a back four. Um, and also in the middle of the park, I'm I'm spoiled for choice, really. So I'm going to have to go with a, a diamond formation and then a front two. So uh, that's my formation. I love that formation once. I love that formation. <laughs> <laughs> I do. We, we use it over here. I mean, with the girls and the boys, quite a lot. I've been using that. Yeah. Just um, experiment a little bit more with them because, obviously, um, being obviously an ex Luton player, I just love love playing football. And so, I've found yeah. that not being disrespectful to some of the um, coaches over here in the US, tactically, then I mean, they're not as maybe as astute as I might be a little bit in in. In, in my thoughts in the game. And so, yeah, overflowing the midfield and just getting people to make sure they're available. So it's a great formation. Mm, especially with the personnel I've got as well. They're uh, very comfortable in possession as well. So uh, I've, I've got to try and fit them into that formation. Oh, sounds like he's got 11 ballers. So let's see yeah. how we go. <laughs> so we'll start off um, with goalkeeper. Let's jump straight in at goalie, the madman position. The goalkeeper's goalkeeper's union, as Marv says. Yeah, so as we go through, give us a few clues, see if we can guess. And then either before, um, probably easier actually if you do it before, some honourable mentions of players who nearly made it or or friends of yours who you don't want to annoy when they listen to the podcast and (laughs) and just abuse your messages. So feel free. (laughs) There's, there's, what, three keepers that do come to mind. Um, Two of them played at international level. And I know for sure that me and Marvin played in front of 
one of them I have to give a mention to because he had a, a fantastic career. And he was only a young keeper when I when I played in front of him. He had a very good career at Luton. But the other two are international. So the one you're picking, is it the first one or the or the the one at Luton? Is that when you're picking in your team? He won't be not? he won't be the first one, but I, I need to give him a mention because he was an outstanding. Okay, all right. You, you, you can just say him. You can just say him was. Yeah, yeah just just for the other one, we'll just, just say the name. All right, okay. Maybe Kelvin. Say. Kelvin was yeah. yeah, I thought he was uh, an outstanding talent. Uh, a really nice lad, had a fantastic career, and he's gone into the coaching side as well. So uh, I'd like to give him a mention because he's a, a good very good kick and a very good career. Fantastic. The two other guys are internationals. Um, one I played with at club level, um, who was an international, and the other one I did play at international level with. So if you can try and work that one out. Okay. One of them's David Seaman. Yes, correct. And the, is that the one you're picking? That's the one I'll pick, yeah. Okay. Ooh, and then before we come back to him, the other one you played at international level, well, I'm going to say... Bonner. Paddy Bonner. Yeah, Paddy Bonner. Yes, Paddy Bonner, yeah. But the, the, the number one would be David Seaman. Even at and the it, age he was at? Mm. Sorry? Even at the age he was at, you you, you could yeah, see you could something? Yeah, you could see the or... potential. You could see the potential that he had. Um, and phew, he went on to fulfil that potential. So... Um, yeah, a very, very safe pair of hands. Fantastic. So he was, you played with him at QPR when he was coming through, because if I'm not mistaken, he came, did he come through at QPR or is he from... No, he's he Leeds. Yeah, 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 but his big breakthrough was QPR. He then went right. to, to Arsenal and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, but his big breakthrough really was at QPR, played in a lot of games there and then moved. Yeah, he's, from what I, I've never met him, but from what I've been told, his frame is, is a lot, lot bigger than what, he looks on on telly. I mean, a lot of people say that some goalkeepers just look big, whereas he never looked big until you actually saw him in person. Is that right? No, he was a big guy. He had a presence, massive presence. Even uh, at that age, did he? I mean, is that, yeah, is that even how he can age, tell yeah. he was going to make it by having a frame at, at that age? Or Yeah, he was confident. He was confident. As soon as he walked in, uh, as I say, he had a presence within the dressing room. And as I say, he went on to have a, a fantastic career, you know, fulfilled his potential. Yeah, did he always have a good, a good, um, a good shout on him, a good bellow on him? Yeah, he would always organise his uh, back four defensive line, but he he had all the tools um, to go on and play at international level, and you know, to have the career that he had, he was obviously a, a talented keeper. So uh, I'm sure he looks back on his career and he, he'd be uh, very pleased with what he achieved. How could you not be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. At what? How 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 did it come about for you, um, professional career? I mean, was I mean I know QPR was your first. Was it, I mean, did you start there as a kid, or how did you, yeah, how did I was, all that I, evolved? Yeah, I was lucky enough. I played back in the day, as as you probably did as well. For you know your district, your county, and then you were asked in for training and trials and stuff like that. I had a number of you know clubs that uh, took interest in me. But um, QPR was local to home for me. And, um, you know, was that from your team? a young age, 13. Was that your yeah. team? Was that your yeah, team? Yeah, that was my team. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That yeah. was my team as a young lad. 13, though, was when I first went in there. And just, you know, worked my way up uh, the age groups and then was offered a scholarship. And then I got my breakthrough. Um, Tommy Doherty gave me my debut when I was 17. And... Um, you know, I went on, that was my club. I had a fantastic time there. Thoroughly enjoyed my spell there. 
you know, we played on the plastic as well um, and had some success. Um, so, yeah, I had a, a really good time at the club. The, the debut then at 17, so you were still a, um, an apprentice then? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was that, well, was that like, a, a, did you, uh, was that like, well, I can't keep, I can't leave this kid out. He's been killing it. Or was it a case that, I mean, there was an injury or, I mean, how did it all come about? And did you, well, and was yeah, you it's a good question. I, I don't honestly know. I was, I was training with the team, that, uh, the first team during the week. And I, I didn't know until an hour before the game. Um, the, the manager just called me aside and said, you're starting today. And I didn't have enough time to be nervous or scared or frightened. It was only an hour before the game, but, I looked around the dressing room and, um, you know, there's a lot of experienced players in there. And it's your dream, isn't it? As you know, to, to go on and play professionally and play, you know, at that level. And I was fortunate enough to do that. And, you know, the manager himself was a character and personality. Tommy Doherty, you know, a massive character. And for him to give me my debut, uh, that was special also. But, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, whether I was, I must have been doing okay at the time for him to do that for me. Uh, yeah, great memory. Fantastic. Is that how you did it as a manager as well then? Did you tend to wait till an hour before to give the players so they didn't have a chance to to get the nerves going? Or do you think it's better no. to tell them well in advance so they can get the family there and things like that? Yeah, I think it's changed a little bit. I like to get, well, when I was a, a manager, I'd give them time. I'd, I'd like, you know, for their families to be there and, you know, for them to have that build up, you know, you know, when they're when they're going to the game, the excitement and stuff like that. Um, and making sure that their family and friends were were at the game, you know. So yeah, it, and give them a chance to wear it, nappies. So, sorry. And give them a chance to put a nappy on so they, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly right. But all of that, you know, whatever whatever way you, you come about making your debut, you know, you never forget it, you know. You know, I was told an hour beforehand, so I'll never forget that. But if I'm allowed to told on a Thursday, they won't forget that either because they got the, the build up to it as well. But did you did your parents get there? Was was it, did the family get family there or not? No, I, I, I don't think they were not on the. I oh, might mind you, it's a long time ago, mate. I can't remember that far back. You know what I mean? But no, look, with me being told, um, Probably no, not. I don't think they attended. No, they didn't attend. No. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But. Um, you know, I had a number of games after that, so I was okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Excellent. So we'll move into defence. Uh, right back or left back? I go right back. Um, what do you want me to do? Just name that player, or honourable on, 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 on mention? Honourable mentions, mentions. Then give us some clues mentions for your first. actual one. Yeah. Well, one more, Graham Alexander was a good one at Luton, as we know. Um, yeah. Real good player. Played. Went on to play for his country. Um, Played until I can't remember what age. So he, he played and had a number of league appearances. You know, caps for his country as well. Uh, a nice guy, as you know, Marv. Uh, yeah. Um, had a very, very good career. Um, I was lucky enough to play with, you know, people like Dennis Irwin at Man United. Um, you know, when I was in the, the Republic squad. But the actual player... Are you going to guess the player or do you want me to Yeah, we're, the we're going to guess it. We're going to guess it. Give some clues, but we're going to guess him. We're going to guess him. All right, okay. He went on to play for Man United himself and he was an international also. So it's a difficult one because Dennis Irwin could could have played right back, left back. Um, and I might and have to... This is, and this is your right back we're, we're talking about, yes? We're talking right about back. my right back, yeah. He went on to play for Man United. You got Andrew? I'm trying to think. 
England. England. You play for England also. Oh, I play for England as well. Oh, Paul Parker. That's the one. Yeah, well done, yeah, Andrew. That's the one. Well done. Yeah, Paul well Parker. Yeah. I did not pick him out. Where? So you play with him at QPR, did you? Yeah, I was. Um, I was about. Well, I had an, uh, an injury at QPR, and um, I played a, a couple of games with him. Um, and he went on to play a lot of games there, and then went on to to Man United and another another one who had an outstanding career. But um, yeah, he he went on to play for England, played in the World Cup and stuff like that. So um, yeah, to to be able to say that I played alongside you know these players who've gone on to play at that level, you know, is also pleasing for me. Also, I mean, I might be wrong here. Was I mean, he wasn't the biggest, but did he not play centre half as well? Sometimes. Yeah, he could play centre half. Yeah. yeah, good in the air, really good in the air for someone who who would say, for size. Not, yeah, yeah, for yeah. you're not you're six foot two, six foot three centre half, but you know they could leap on him, and uh, it would rarely get done uh, in the air. Yeah, quick, yeah. good defender, good one v one defender, um, and a very very good. Especially back then, it was a very unfashionable position, whereas now it seems to be the in thing, doesn't it, to play at a fullback. Yeah, yeah, but it was just one of these. He was so quick um, that, you know, he could be caught out of position, uh, but he would recover. Um, and look, to go on and play for Man United, you have to be... Keeps Sir Alex happy. Yeah, back yeah. in that uh, day anyway. Fantastic. So that's your right back, Paul Parker. Who's going on the left back? Well, I, I mentioned Dennis Irwin, so he could play there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, I'm going to throw Mitchell Thomas in there as well. Mitch, yeah. Character, good guy. Played a number of games with Mitch as well. So, um, you know, I'd like to give him a mention. But the one, I don't know, Chris Hewton was one as well. Right. Chris Hewton. So it's between yeah. them three, really. So um, are you going to pick it or do you want me to pick it? Well, well it's between oh, Chris Hewton, Mitchell and Dennis Irwin. Yes, is that Dennis Irwin. Yeah, Dennis Irwin, yeah. I'm thinking Dennis, Dennis Irwin. I think you go Chris Hooten. Mm, interesting one. I like them too. Uh, unfortunately, Mitch, you'd come in in third place, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but for them two, it, it's it's a it's a difficult one. But uh, I will go with Dennis Irwin because uh, he can play right back, left back. Um, Christy Hooten, fantastic guy as well, you know. Uh, but I'll plant for Dennis. Very very quiet guy. I mean, you you never hear of him. I don't think I've seen. A photo of him for years. Yeah, he got on with his job. He'd done his job to a very high standard. Um, and done his talking, really, with the way he performed. He didn't have to talk and, you know, uh, express him that way, himself that way. He'd done it with his ability on the on the football pitch. Yeah, was he one of the lads who came out, who went out and... Or was he kind of saw it a bit more of a nine-to-five job? You know, you hear of footballers that that turn up just in time and leave as soon as training's done and they keep their life well, I, only, I only played with him at international level, so yeah. I, I got to know him that way. So, um, yeah, he, he would mix with the group. He was, a, he was a good guy. There's no getting away from it. He was a good, good guy. So, uh, But he was very professional and thorough in what he'd done. And he, and he sort of, like, led the way <clears throat> led the way a little bit, as in the f- first sort of, like, attacking fullbacks, wasn't he? Because he used to score some goals, didn't he? He used to get forward well, and join in quite a lot. Yeah, so, he, he would join in, you know, free kicks and stuff like that. And, yeah, he was a talented player. You know, was he really good talented. at penalties? Or am I getting him confused with somebody else? I don't know. I don't, you, I free don't kicks, know. I remember what... 
Yeah, I remember the free kicks. It was very free kicks and that. Yeah, yeah you know, Steve, Steve Staunton as well. I played with Steve Staunton yeah. for the Republic as well. You know, you could throw him in as well. You know, there, there's a number of players, but to pick one out of that four that I mentioned is very, very difficult. But I, I would go with uh, Dennis. Fantastic. So we'll move to centre backs. I got, I, I got to mention the fella here, haven't I? I I've got to mention. Him. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you'll have the Raven up with me. <laughs> no, you good know player. I'm like that was. I'm very no, not a good player, player, good character, great personality as well. Um, made it really easy for players when they come into the club to settle in. Uh, and I thank you for that as well, mate. You know, you looked after me while I was there. And I, as I said earlier, I thoroughly enjoyed playing alongside you. How, how well, easy was, is it I, as an, as an I was older... scared of him. He's a redhead. I, people say, Cliff, <laughs> don't redheads. I mean, I'm scared. <laughs> oh, dear. How easy oh, sorry, is it to come in as an older head, obviously nearing the end of your career, and then to come into a dressing room that's just, that's obviously got other older heads? Did you? How easy is it to find your place in those dressing rooms? That's a good question because when I, when I come into the dressing room or I joined the club when I was around thirty, but you know you, you walk in and you see a lot of players in there uh, who are similar age or or older, experienced players who've who know know the league and stuff like that you know there's big characters in that dressing room you know when I walked in but uh, I think the only way uh, and the best way to settle in is what you do on a match day you know and how you perform you know as I say the big characters and Marv was one of them and you know there was Kerry Dixon in there there was Trevor Peake there was you know Mitchell there was a lot of big yeah a lot of big characters in there and um, you know you you ease your way in. There's no point going bowling in there and being loud and stuff like that because you'd just be shot down. Uh, and I just wanted to go in there and, you know, play and be be a part of that group. Yeah. And did you take on at that time, obviously, I know you're only, th- only 30, did you take on a lot of the, the helping of the youngsters? And is it at that stage you felt that management was starting to creep into your mind? Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to go into the coaching management side, and you know, I wanted to get my qualifications by the time I was thirty. So when when I actually got to Luton, I was fully qualified as a coach. And you know, the, the manager at the time, David Pleat, it was a great one for me to learn from and off. And you know, I see him around on the circuit now, and what a guy he is. You know, and we we have you know good long conversations about the game and players that are, are out there. And you can imagine how many players that he knows and right up to today, he's, he's, his fingers right on the pulse in terms of young players coming through. And But to learn from somebody like him as well, or watch somebody like him, when I was getting to the, the period where I was looking to go into coaching and management, you know, I learned a hell of a lot of him. Yeah. And did he give you many chances to start to, to work with the, young, with the youngsters as well? No, it wasn't a case of that because I wanted to play for as long as I could. Um, and then, you know, to fall back on the coaching side, that's why I wanted to be qualified because you could leave it to the last minute when you're 35, 36 and go, I need to get qualified now. But it takes years to get qualifications, you know. So I wanted to do that. Um, I was coaching at QPR in the evenings with the uh, under 15s while I was playing at Luton. So I was trying to get my coaching experience that way. So I was trying to combine both, you know, playing and coaching. And for me, it worked quite well, you know, because at the end of the day, at some point, you have to stop stop playing. And I got to 36 and I still had another year left on my contract at Luton. 
QPR offered me a, a contract to be the youth team coach there. And I had to weigh up what was what was right for me at that stage. And uh, I could possibly only play for another year, but I wanted my coaching career to go on for a lot longer than that. So the opportunity was there. So as much as it saddened me and it was hard to make that decision to stop playing because I loved the game, um, I decided to go down the coaching route. Oh, interesting. Perfect. Interesting. So... We'll get back to your 11 and you were, again, hopefully it's giving you a bit more thinking time for your centre-backs because you weren't, mm. you pulled a, a kind of concerned face of how the hell do I fit these players in? How do I do that? <laughs> There's loads. Oh, I'll, I'll rattle a few off, all right? Go on, yeah. Go on. Well, but, but, but hey, it was, don't mention the one you're going to pick though. Don't mention don't the one you're going to pick. Well, no. Either, two. either you'll pick, the, yeah. Don't, don't mention the two you're going to pick. Don't mention oh, any okay. of them two. Well, that's hard. That's going to be really hard. Okay, uh, Mick McCarthy. All right. Great guy. Really helped me. <coughs> Excuse me. Really helped me. I was um, at Millwall, played with Mick at Millwall, played with Mick at, uh, with the Republic, um, and he really looked after me. He's a top, top man, uh, and what a career he's had, both as a player and as a, as a manager. So he needs to be mentioned. Terry Fennick at QPR. Um, leader, winner, good footballer, aggressive. Uh, you know where you stood with him. Uh, went on to play international football with England. Um, fantastic talent. Philip Philip Albert. You remember Ooh. Philip Albert? Yeah, yeah, the little chip against Man United. Yeah, That's played with him out in out in Belgium with Shallow. Yeah. Uh, what a player! What a left foot. I'm surprised uh, he's he not could, made it. He could have quite easily got in. Yeah. He could have quite easily got into the tip. Or he could have got in at left back because he could have played right. there also. But um, yeah, I got to know him out in Belgium. He wanted to le- he wanted to learn English when I was out there. And um, you know, he he done really, really well. He wanted to come and play in England. He wanted to he wanted to see what English football was about. He wanted to learn the language and stuff like that. But what a career he had in this country. What a player. What a player. Um, so there's there's a few. I, I'll throw in a few from Luton, who I thought were excellent players. Steve Davis, good, good player. Trevor Peak, outstanding player. Um, Darren Patterson, big Marv. There's a few centre-halves that I've played with who, you know, you look back and they're younger lads who were coming through at the time. You know, Matthew Upson. Yeah. Gary Doherty. Um, Emerson Boyce. Yeah. You know, some talented players there, but there's two. Uh, I've played with them for the Republic of Ireland, both of them. One for Arsenal, Arsenal one for QPR. <laughs> Go on, then you name them and I'll tell you yes or no. David O'Leary? Yeah, he's, he, I didn't mention him, but he didn't make he, it. He didn't make it? Wow. Ooh. He didn't I, make I'm going to say one of them's definitely Macca. Big Mac for Mac Donald, Alan McDonald. No, he doesn't make it. Okay, I'm gonna go. Paul McGrath. Paul McGrath makes yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, Paul McGrath. What a player. Yes. Uh, played with him for the Republic, and it's well documented about his injuries and stuff like that. And you know the things you hear that he didn't train during the course of the week, and then he'd be the best player out on the out on the on the field of play. I was I was lucky enough to play on the same field as him. What a player. I can't speak high enough of the guy uh, as a player. Uh, unbelievable ability for somebody who didn't train. Um, and 
totally, totally respected within the game of football and is an absolute hero uh, back in Ireland. And is the other one um, a Republic as well? Yeah? Yeah. Kevin Moran? No, he doesn't make it. I'm, I'm picking some big, big players and he's still not made it. Gee. Go on, Andrew. I'm, I'm done there. I'm thinking, he played for Man United. And he played for the Republic. He was Republic, wasn't he? Not Northern. Yeah, Republic. Yeah, Republic. I was going the other way. I was going people like Kenny Cunningham, but nah. no, I don't, nah. yeah, I don't know. He, he was the other. Um, I'm trying to think. And then players that all you, you've mentioned could quite easily get in this team, but I can't. I, I can't play with ten centre halves. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm thinking which which other. He played for Liverpool. Are... This guy played for Liverpool. Oh, and Oxford. Yes, Martin Lawrence. Mark Lawrence, yeah. stylish centre half. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good, that's yeah. a good call. That is one. So you're right. Yeah, yeah, accomplished. Yeah, yeah, accomplished defender. Very comfortable in possession. And I just think with that partnership of Paul McGrath and Mark Lawrence, I'm not so sure you get too better than that. No, that's that's, that's no, true. Definitely. With those, I mean, you've named a few, obviously three um, Irishmen in there. But do you look at the Irish team right now and think, ah, oh, just a couple? We just not just have a couple. We were we were so blessed back in the ninety in well the eighties and the nineties. But they had an unbelievable group of players back then. You know, yeah, and, um, they could easily sacrifice a couple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think sometimes it goes like you look at the England squad at the moment. Um, what a group of players they are, and I think going back, you know, into the the years when these guys were playing. You think what a group of players they were, uh, and what they went on to achieve was fantastic. Considering, you know, the the amount of people or players that you can pick from compared to other countries. So, uh, yeah, golden generation of players. Um, yeah, and I was fortunate enough to play with uh, with these players. Which um, little old me waddling along on the on the pitch for them was uh, great for me. And how and how was that was when you got your first call up and I mean who was that who was that against was it like again was it something which oh I'm playing quite well I'm, I'm I could maybe get into the squad or was it out of the blue sort of thing where but the, the one game that stands out for me and it, and it's ridiculous really I I got I got called up and uh, one of my earlier games was against Argentina but. I, I turn up in, in the squad and I'm looking around and I'm looking around at all these players that are playing for Man United, Liverpool and all that. I'm thinking, wow, you know, this is incredible. The training was ridiculously high and I'm thinking, you know, I'm looking around thinking all these household names, well-known names, I'm looking at them on match of the day and stuff like that and all of a sudden I'm standing next to these guys training with them. But th that game stands out, the Argentinian game, because um, I played... And there was another fellow on the opposite side called Diego Maradona. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what is going on here? And you can imagine on that particular day, but in years to come, and you fast forward, you know, and you go, what he actually went on to do and achieve and stuff like that. I played against him. You know? <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, how can I be playing against someone like that and playing within a group of players like this? But that's a, st a standout one for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and he <laughs> playing was, with all the players that I was playing with, plus his, this guy. Plus, got, uh, and was he a standout then once? Oh, or was it just he, he was, glimpses? He was 17, right? He was 17. And I've got to be honest with you, after about two minutes, 
I tried to get close to him. And I mean, you know what I mean, get close. <laughs> and I tried and I couldn't get near him. I caught him a little bit, uh, but I, I could, just couldn't get near him. He was so quick. He was so good. He was so skillful. He was so strong. What, a, what an experience. And for me, to come up against someone like that, wow, i never, ever forget. Yeah. Was that in Ireland or was that in... Ireland? Yeah, in Dublin. Yeah, in Dublin. Yeah, never forget it. I, I think you can tell by the way I'm talking about it. I'm still excited about me being able to play on the same pitch as him. What? I mean, I mean, I mean anyone who's, who's graced the same field as him um, should be in 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 that way. I mean, like you said, yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, he's seventeen, but not only is he like still like a, a, a child, as I call it. He's yeah, he's, yeah. he's on a plane. He's travelled across from a total somewhere where he probably doesn't know where he's going. Cold yeah. climate, and you, and he was still showing glimpses of being one of the greatest players ever to be graced. But he was outstanding, Marv. Even at that age, he was outstanding. Yeah. Um, you know, we were told all about him beforehand. And, you know, this young 17-year-old up-and-coming superstar, he was superstar then at 17. He was phenomenal, mate. Honestly, he was the, the best thing you've ever seen, honestly. Yeah. Did the Irish fans give him a round of applause at the end? Uh, uh, kind of, you know, when he does... You know, you know, you can tell when a player's that good is when even the, the opposition fans go, do you know what, fair play, that was... Yeah, I think, I think everybody was in awe of him. You know, his teammates, us playing against him, the crowd... Just to see that talent firsthand live is um, something else, I have to say. And I'm sure it's the same for Ronaldo and Messi of today, but, you know, Maradona is always mentioned as being the best player ever. You know, you know Pelé, you throw into that, George Best, people like that. They, they come around, but they don't come around too often to be held in that, um, you know, level of how good they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what we're going to do is we're going to pause here. And then when yep. we come back for the second half, we will hear yep. um, the midfield and the strike force of Gary Waddock's My Best Eleven. Welcome back to the second part of My Best Eleven podcast with Gary Waddock. I'm going to hand straight over to Marv for Marv's 60 seconds quick fire questions. So just whatever comes into your head straight away, Gary, just chuck an answer at Marv. Over to you, Marv. Okay. Golden goal or penalty shootout ones? Which one do you like? Oh, which one would you like? Golden goal. Golden goal. All right. VAR or no VAR? No VAR. Favourite other sport? Oh, well, tennis. Bundesliga, La Liga or Syria for quality? Bundesliga. Okay. I think I know the answer to this one. Maradona or Pele? I'm going to go Maradona. It's <laughs> a surprise. <laughs> um, if you wasn't a player, what would you have done? What, in terms of job oh, yeah, profession? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, yeah, he wasn't, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have had a career. I'd have been, I would have been struggling, I think. On the dole, something like that. I'd have been, found it very difficult. Okay. The best ground you played at for you? Best ground? Wembley. Wembley Stadium. Okay. Um... Best player, uh, this is not now, now you're playing with on the field. It's the best player you've seen live. You've gone, you've seen, you've seen live. You've seen live, watched, gone to a game and you've seen. I saw uh, Rodney Marsh a long time ago. I saw George Best uh, when he was at Fulham. Um, so I would say one of them two, yeah, definitely. Okay. Last one, Marv. 
All right, and we're gonna go with funniest player, funniest player, player teammate, or oh, a teammate or someone funniest player. You were funny. I have to say, you were funny. Um, there must be some Irish ones. Alan McDonald's funny. Alan McDonald was a hell of a character. Uh, I would say Alan McDonald. What a character he was. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. So, Alan, you say Alan McDonald. What was he funny in the dressing room? Out the dressing room on the play? He was hilarious on the, pitch, on the training ground. Yeah, he was hilarious. Yeah, it was him and David Bardsley at QPR. They were like oh, the two Ronnies, uh, if you like. They were just <laughs> they were banter all the time. They were playing tricks. They were sticking everything, cutting things up. And they were ridiculously funny. Um, but you're asking me one, I would say Alan McDonald, just a didn't hell of a character. Didn't he like a cigarette once, did he? Did he smoke? Did he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Before, I know. during, and after. Half time, he'd go in the toilet and he'd, he'd have a quick fag in there. And you'd, you'd go in there to the toilet and you'd be looking at the smoke coming out the top of the toilet. And he'd quickly put his fag out, come out, and then be the best player on the pitch second half. I know, that is, I just yeah, find that man. unreal, how good yeah. a player There's he was. There's a lot of players like that, but a lot of players back in the day who would have a little puff at half-time or, you know, smoke, you know, during yeah. the week and stuff like that, but be outstanding physically on the pitch, you know, but he was, a, he was what a character. Can you imagine that, at half-time, having a fan? I know. <laughs> but great man, great man. Rods, just before we, I mean, we go back and do just quickly, you know, obviously Andrew mentioned it at the beginning, um, you you went into management. Um, yeah. Was it, um, I mean, something which, you I mean, you always wanted to do and like, well, how did, I mean, how did you set up your teams? I mean, again, I'm presuming that you love to play the correct way, like with the ball on the ground and like moving the ball around. So I mean, what, what, what was your biggest influence in, in, in wanting to, to, to do that? Well, going back to the question you asked me before, what would I have done if I hadn't been in, you know, weren't a footballer? I, I honestly don't know. It was from a real young age, I wanted to be a, a professional footballer. And if I hadn't made that, God knows what I would have done. I, and I seriously don't know what I would have done. Um, but your, your career doesn't last forever in, in terms of playing and you've got to prepare for afterwards. And a lot of us players leave it too late and all of a sudden it creeps up on you. And you go, well, what am I going to do now? And you're left stranded, you know, because we weren't earning the amount of money that the players are earning today. So we have to have a second career as such. And I thought, I want to go into, I want to go into coaching. I want to be a coach. So as I said earlier, I wanted to get my qualifications by 30. And then I wanted to go into, what I actually wanted to do was to be um, a youth team coach and try and work my way up. Because if I ever got to, become the manager I I would know how things worked from you know top to bottom bottom to top as such you know so if I had a conversation with the the youth team coach or the the reserve team coach when I was the number one he could never throw back well you know you don't know you've never done the job but I wanted to do that and I I actually achieved that I'd done every role apart from being an assistant manager before I come a manager and funny enough I've had a number of assistant managers roles since so uh, I've caught up on that you know so uh, but I've always wanted to go into coaching and I've done it for a period of time at QPR and there there comes a time I think for everybody where you go I wouldn't mind being a manager now you get to that point where you go I've seen a number of managers come in and out you go I can do what they're doing you know but you need an opportunity uh, to do it and I was fortunate enough I had an opportunity at QPR and at that stage it didn't work for me I was only there for a a short period of time and you know 
we parted company and I thought, right, I've got to show people that I can manage. And I'd never had an interview in my life. And uh, Mari said to me, I applied for the, the job at Aldershot. And she said, what are you doing? You know, my wife, Mari, uh, <laughs> so you'll know that she would say something like that. What are you doing? So um, I said, Look, I've never had an interview in my life. I, I want to go through the interview process just to see what, what happens and what, what questions they ask you. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And they offered me the job and I took it because, I, as I said, I wanted to show people I could manage. And I set about how I wanted to, you know, play, how the team wanted to play. And, yeah, you've touched on, uh, upon it already. You know, I wanted to play out from the back. I wanted to play through the thirds. And I wanted to do it the right way. There's no right way and wrong way. It's about the result at the end of the day. But I wanted to have a certain style of play that suited the, the squad that we had. And I, I also feel that we're in the entertainment business as well. People pay good money. And they want to see goals. They want to see good football being played. So that's how I set out. Um, and, and it's probably fair to, say, fair to say that you probably was, again, one of the first managers. Because, I mean, back in the, that, that time, it was like, well, it's non-league, get it forward, blah, blah. You pissed the league because obviously I think you, you was different. Everyone else was the same way. And now you've come in and, and you're now playing football. And again, we all know the higher you go, the more technical you are yeah. as gifted as players that you're going to be like the Man Cities of the world are going to, and the Liverpools now. You, you're going to end up being near the top or winning the Premier League. And you've now gone into the industry of the non-league and flipped it on its head sort of thing and saying, well, no, yeah. we're going to play because obviously this is the right way because no one else will like it and you'll win the league and you did. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's, yeah, I'd, I'd never, I'd, I'd, I was limited on non-league. Um, you know, how, how the game was played. I, I spoke to a lot of people um, when I got the interview and uh, stuff like that. And they said, every team plays the same way. They're big, strong, very, very direct. Um, but Martin Cole was there as the assistant manager under the previous awesome. Yeah. And he knew the non-league scene. He'd been at the club for quite some time. And I knew Cooley anyway. And we hit it off and... He said to me, if you want me to go, I'll go. I said, no, 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 I want you to stay. He's an outstanding coach. And together, we put a, a team together. But I wanted to play a certain way. I wanted to break break the, the mould, if you like. And this is how we do it. I wanted a, a youngish team. I wanted a fit, athletic team. Um, and if their teams are going to be big and strong, they wouldn't be able to keep up with us, that type of thing, you know? So... Yeah, we were we won the league well, uh, and we got the club into the football league, which is a great achievement by everybody, you know. Um, and that was the the start of my managerial career, if you like, you know. So um, I just wanted to prove to everybody that I could manage. Excellent, excellent. So what we're going to do is we're going to move on to midfield in your best eleven. Um, do you want to start off with the holder in the diamond? Yeah, I will. And- and just touching on what we've just spoken about, you know, playing the right way and playing. The one who's got to be sitting at the base has to be a player who can handle the ball and get things playing and stuff like that. I was very lucky to have played against this guy um, quite a few times. I actually played against him in an FA Cup final. But um, that's the one who'll be the base uh, of the midfield. I won't mention the other midfield players because... 
I'll just give you little snippets of what they are. But this guy I played against in an FA Cup final, I think I've narrowed it down a little. Not for me. I mean, I can't think what the who, who you, it was against the Cup final was against. Was it against? It was against back in nineteen. Yeah, well, you were. Yeah, you were the you were the red and black one. In the, was it red and black the in the final? Yeah, I know, yeah. but I can't think of who the team was you played. Yeah. We had to wear the red yeah. and black, and yeah. what the club actually done as we walked out, they had a tracksuit with the blue and white hoops. Because we couldn't wear the blue and white hoops, so um, the club actually arranged for us. Andrew, who do they play? I can't remember the. I'm going to go off logic and say Tottenham. Tottenham, correct. Yeah, because if, if, they, if they're not allowed to wear blue or white, it must be playing against right. a team with blue or white. That was my theory. We went to a replay. We played on the Saturday. Went to extra time. I'm telling you now. Okay, the the second game was on the Thursday. I could not walk until the Wednesday morning, mate. I was that tired after Saturday with the extra time. It was ridiculous. So, you know, we played on the Thursday. So I was lucky enough, well, I was lucky enough to play against this guy. This guy was unbelievable. So, um, yeah. It was- Did you also play with him. with him at Swindon? Yeah. Where he was, Glenn. was he manager then manager. as well? Was he player manager? manager yeah. yeah. Yeah, player manager. Glenn yeah. Hoddle. Glenn Hoddle, yeah. What a player. Yes. What a player. Fantastic player, and at the dime, at the base of that diamond to allow the sprain was that. Was yeah, that but I've got thinking? a number of players in that midfield diamond who you could give them the ball anywhere, and they would spray it anywhere. So, uh, but he's he would be the base of. The- Where do you think his best time of his career was? Um, do you think it was when he was at Tottenham? Do you think it was when he was in um, at Monaco? Where do you think, or do you think it was at Chelsea in his later his career when he changed positions, started playing sweeper, that type of thing? Well, he had an unbelievable career, as, as we all know. Yeah. But again, I played with him at Swindon and he dropped back into a sweeper role there uh, at Swindon. It was incredible to watch him play, uh, train on a daily basis. So, you know, that was an unbelievable experience for me. I think at Chelsea, he he wanted to change the style of play. He wanted to bring more of a, I don't know, a continental style to, to the English game. And he was the one that was dictating everything, you know, by him actually playing in it and, you know, probably coaching players while he was playing. This is how we're going to play. Um, and I'll show you how we're going to play. Um, you could argue he's probably the best player that this country's ever produced. You know, unbelievable ability, technically outstanding. Um, well, he, he was the pre-Venga, wasn't he? He, he learned yeah, it from well, Wenger yeah. at Monaco yeah. and then yeah. he, he beat Wenger to start to do it by a couple of years, even though most people say it was Arsene Wenger himself. Yeah, and, and you, again, you could argue that um, by him going abroad, that would have suited his style of play even more so. Yeah. Uh, and that probably developed him even more so for when he come back into this country. So, um, you know, he experienced he had that experience of playing abroad as well. And then, obviously, with his career going on to manage England as well. Yeah, I've bumped into one or two guys, but it's outstanding. Yes. Lovely segue there. Talking about going abroad. How did your move to, I mean, how did you move to Shawa and and, and why Shawa um, um, in yeah. Belgium? How did that come about? Yeah, good question. Um, how long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I picked up an injury in this country. Uh, I ruptured my medial ligament. Um, and I had to retire over here, but I couldn't, I could only play in the Scottish second division and abroad. So what, again, going back to that question that was asked earlier, Marv, uh, what, what would I have done? I had to retire. My, medically, I was, 
I was written off and I had to go and rebuild my career, similar to my managerial career, really. So I had opportunities um, in America and yeah, in Europe. And I spoke to a number of clubs. I spoke to the Tampa Bay Rallies at the time. I spoke to a number of clubs in Europe. And I just felt, what would be the best route for me to come back? And I, I was trying to look forward to see if I could make, make my way back into this country. So I went over and spoke to Shalawa and they asked me to sign a short-term deal. I did. Um, I played my first game and they called me in and they ripped it up and they gave me a longer-term deal. So uh, my knee was all right. I could, in today's game, I'd be all right. But going back when I was playing, it was a very, very, you know, serious injury. So, you know, I had a great time out there, both on the football side of it and, you know, outside of football, different language. Um, I, I would, for any player who who's got the opportunity to go abroad and experience that, the playing side and, you know, living a, abroad, you know, the language and stuff like that, I would 100% go and do it, you know, just go and do it. It's a great experience. And then I was fortunate enough that um, I got called into a Republic of Ireland squad when Jack Charlton's in charge. It was like a testimonial game and I was asked to come over and play. I played and Jack Charlton was there. Uh, and Tony Cascarino was there, who was playing for Millwall. So uh, he was asking me all about it because I knew him anyway and what have you. He went back to his club and told the manager at the time, uh, John Tockerty and what have you. And uh, all of a sudden, they wanted me to come over and uh, play for Millwall. So uh, Cass has yeah. got, I've got to thank Cass for a lot for getting me back over playing in this country. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's a scaled down version of it. There's a lot, lot more that went on in between. Yes, yes. Awesome. So we're going to move to right or left, whichever one you prefer. It's going to I'll be go left fluid to be- by the sound of it anyway, isn't it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go left to begin with. Um, left footer, obviously. Um, played for Arsenal. Absolute legend at Arsenal. A wonder of a left peg. Played, played for West Ham as well. I think he did in his latter did he years. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That's a great shout. Yeah. I don't think I need to say much more than that, Maldi. Kippy Brady. Yeah, Liam Brady. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Liam Brady. Liam Brady. I did not know he played for West Ham. If that's true. Yeah. 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 Wow. He, he, was, he, was, he was like older, but he played up there. Yeah. yeah, I can remember him yeah, at West yeah. Ham as well. Yeah. What a yeah. player. Oh, Ch- Chippy Brady, that's his, that, his nickname, was it? Was that his nickname, Chippy Brady? That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that because he liked to chip? The, was it? I'm not being funny, well, is it? Yeah, he could do anything, couldn't he? But yeah. I, yeah, it was just a case of, you know, you're in these players' company and you think, well, what am I doing here with these guys? Because um, <laughs> they're on a different level, you know. What you could do with the football, um, amazing player. Absolutely amazing player. So can you imagine giving them a ball, Glenn Hoddle and Liam Brady? You wouldn't get it off them, would you? You just wouldn't get it off them. You know, that, they were that good. Uh, and I've got to try and fit another two midfield players in there. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. Liam Brady, definitely. And and I think it, that goes back to what you said at the start of the podcast in terms of there are lots of um, fans of the younger generation who know you from the mid-90s, but then think... Geez, how the hell did he play with Liam Brady? He was definitely because a lot of a lot of um, younger, younger people. I played it to myself. 
<laughs> a lot of people see him as just a 70s Brady. Do you know what I mean? Just wearing the, the yellow Arsenal shirt and that type of thing. Yeah. But no, look, it, it, what he'd done for that football club and then what he'd done for the national team as well um, was, was quite amazing, really. Uh, and, you know, he was on a different level to everybody at that stage. He was, you know, some, some player. Some yeah. you know, again, it's another one I can't speak highly enough of. And you know, he went into the, the coaching and what have you side of it and worked in the academy at Arsenal, bringing the, the young players through as well. So, you know, he loved the game also. But uh, yeah, a character, real character, fantastic. So, there's some players I'm going to mention, but I'm going to wait till you do your midfield because I mean, they might be in there, but like, there's, oh, there's one player I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you played with him. Yeah, you wait, get, you're wait, gonna have to. Okay. All right, we'll keep going. Okay. We'll go right hand side. In case, yeah, go on. Well, this is this is difficult because, yeah, it's going to be really. Well, I'm going to go for this one because I think uh, he'll probably be better as that right side than anyway. England captain. Um, I trained with him. He had a number of injuries in his career, unfortunately, and I trained with him when I was a schoolboy uh, at QPR, and I wanted to make a mark. And I wanted this particular player to remember me. But how do you do that? He was England captain at the time. So, but I wanted to make a good impression as well at the same time. And touching on what you said earlier, Marv, about being fair and being hard, I thought, well, I'm not going to be in awe of this guy. So I trained with him and I got very close to him and I gave him a little, a little, a little tackle, a little nudge. And he's remembered me ever since. And I was only a schoolboy at the time. And this guy, uh, he doesn't live far from me. And we've stayed in contact. Uh, every so often we, we touch base and what have you. Um, I'm fortunate with injuries. Um, did, did he end up managing QPR? Yeah. Yeah. Had a great, great career as a manager. Yeah. Fantastic career as a manager. Went on to Tottenham and managed. Jerry yeah, great. Francis. Yeah. That's the one. Again, uh, yeah, it was England captain at the time, and I'm I'm playing alongside him. Uh, eventually, I got into the team when he was in the t- you know he, the first team when uh, when he was playing as well. Um, I was playing alongside him, and I'm thinking I'm playing alongside the England captain here. Roscoe, I'm t- I was doing all his running, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys are are achieving what they're achieving in the game, and my dream was to play for QPR in the first team. But I'm playing with all these guys that are household names. And you're thinking, someone's going to wake me up soon. You know, someone's going to give me a nudge and it's just a dream. Um, but I'll never forget that first training session that I had. Um, and, it, you know... It, you remember it, Yeah, yeah, since then, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant player. But I'm saying yeah. that about everybody, but they are. You know, when I'm giving these players, what they've achieved in their, in their careers is fantastic. Now nah, and he went on to, like you said, to management and and did very very well. I mean, yeah. people know him from particularly from Tottenham. Uh, yeah, well, at Tottenham he, he was outstanding. But he's when he was manager at QPR, we we used to um, have a Tuesday training session, which was the same every week, and it was an absolute killer of a session. We used to run. We used to be the fittest team. And, and as you got, I went back to QPR for a second stint as. Um, well, I spoke to Jerry about it. He wanted me to help the younger. I was coming back. I was I was quite quite late in my career again, I think. 
Um, and he wanted me to help the younger players come through. And um, I still had to do the Terror Tuesday. It was it was ridiculous, you know, box to boxes and stuff like double box to boxes, box to box halfway line. We were fit, um, but it was you didn't sleep on a Monday evening because you were that nervous. <laughs> you were worried about the Tuesday running. Uh, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Um, it's good to see them. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Go on. Go on. It's good Go on. to see the players of of that ilk still value that type of just fitness, fitness, fitness. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it was Jerry. Jerry wanted the, his team to be fit. And, you know, at that stage, the team was very, very fit, very organised. Um, and he had great success as a, a coach stroke manager um, because they were fit and organised, you know. And, you know, as a player, he had a fantastic career, but also as a manager. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Sorry, Marv. No, no, I was going to say top of the diamond. Sorry, I was, I was moving. Yeah, up. top of the diamond. Who's so, the top of the diamond? Top of the diamond. This is this. Is, any of them could have played the top of the diamond. Yeah. But this guy, um, I used to watch a match of the day as a kid. He walked into the training ground um, and his peg was next to mine. And I couldn't quite believe it. He was a big guy. He had blonde, long, blonde hair. Um, played for England. Should have played for England a lot more than he did. I'm, st- I'm stuck, Andrew. I'm stuck on this long blonde hair. Played for England. Mid- oh! Played in the FA Cup final with him. No. Oh, my gosh. I wonder, is he, he's an older player, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He was I'm going to say, say, say Stan Bowles. Oh, no, 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 no. No, yeah. Stan, Stan would be more on the front line. No, I'm... He played for England. I'm gonna. He didn't. He didn't play with. Was Peter Barnes at QPR? Peter Barnes? No. No. Yeah. He played for Leeds. Oh, Leeds. Peter Barnes played for Leeds, didn't he? But no, it's not Peter Barnes. But he played for Leeds as well. Oh, I know. I. How could I not got it? Come on, Marv. You've got this. Tony Curry. <laughs> no. Tony. Tony Curry's your man. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, him. I, remember I, re- I remember when um, the, the Leeds kit with the is it the um, Admiral, the Admiral one. You yeah, that's Admiral? right. Yeah, yeah. 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 He yeah. walked into the changing room. Right, we didn't know he'd signed. Well, I didn't know he'd signed. Some of the other guys. So I was sitting in the in our, our changing room where we were, and he's walked in the door, and I've looked at him, and I thought, oh my god. And then his peg was next to mine, and I got to know him. He used to give me lifts home because uh, he was local to where I was living. Uh, Got to know him really, really well. Fantastic bloke. Even now he's up, he lives up in Sheffield and stuff like that. And, you know, a couple of occasions I've seen, seen him at Sheffield United. He's come down and said hello and what have you. Oh, wow, what a man. He was a, he was a great player. What he, I mean, I can, like you said, oh. match the, I can remember watching some of the, his his goals. He, he used to curl them. He used to, he was oh, the first one I used to see. He used to like do just a little step over and, and just bend yeah. this ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many goals. Like I can that. remember watching him on match of the day. You know when they play the little things at the beginning, and as you rightly say, Marv, and hit a curler in, and I'd be watching him every Saturday night. All of a sudden, I'm changing next to him, and he's giving me a lift home, and I'm thinking, again, what am I doing? What am I doing? But you know, he was he was special. He was a special player. You know, and for a big guy as well, how he the skill he had and the way he, you know control of the ball, the skill that he had, the way he manipulated the ball. You know, again, he's another player that was on a different level to, to any of us. 
And he should have had a more England caps, in my opinion, because he was a hell of a player. Hell of a player. Mm. No, definitely. Definitely. Honourable mentions. Who do you want yeah, as honourable mentions? Say, I remember. Oh, no, someone you mentioned. Who? I mean, freaking Jerry Daly. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, he's United, a good one. Yeah, Man United. Yeah, Man United. I remember the old sticker. Um, yeah. Ray Houghton. Ray Houghton. Yeah, I was going to mention Ray. Yeah, Ray Houghton. Outstanding. Ronnie, Ronnie Whelan. Ronnie Whelan. Yeah. Ronnie Whelan. Yeah, all of them Andy guys. T- Andy Townsend. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable uh, players. But when you when I look back over my career, and I played with Tony Curry at club football, and Jerry mm. Francis, and Glenn Hoddle, but all them guys you mentioned were world-class in their own right, you know, players, Ray Out and Ronnie Whelan, people like that, Andy Townsend. Even um, David McCreary. Yeah. Back in the, that's a blast from a past that. Yeah, he was, he, he come in from Man United and stuff like yeah. that. And, you know, he was a, a popular figure within the dress, uh, dressing room, you know. Just amazing players that have come into your career as well. You know, yeah. and you get you get to know people like that as well. There's there's some great Kevin players. Sheedy. Uh, Kevin Sheedy. Yeah, Kevin left Sheedy. Foot. Yeah, what a wonderful effort. Absolute wonderful effort. Tony Galvin. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable players that I've I've been fortunate enough to uh, play in the same team as them. So yeah. yeah, very lucky. Fantastic. So we'll move to the strike force. This is gonna to be tough. Wow, this is gonna to be tough. This is wow, this, this is going to be tough because is he going to go off Marv reputation of players he played when they were young that were coming okay. through, or is he going to go off players that were guns when he played with them? Do you know what I mean? You can read between the lines what I'm saying there, Marv. Yeah, I can. You, I, mention, I can. you mention a few. I won't. I won't snigger, wink, or anything. You mention a few who you think I might go down the road. All right, there's two particularly well, that I reckon you could pick that had that weren't amazing yet but were coming through. Go on then. Les Ferdinand. Yeah. He's on the same. Okay. I was, and, te- and go on, Marv. No, go on then. You go on. Go on I'm, I'm, I've got a different one. Go on. I was going to say Teddy Sheringham. Right. Coming through. You forgot one. about it. You forgot the way that reaction was. You forgot about Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> I'm going to say, because this one, this player was like, I remember, I think I might even play against, I might even play against him, but he was underrated in my mind, but I know he was a real good player. Simon Stainrod. Yeah. Good player. Real, yeah. real, real good yeah. um, Simon Stainrod was a good player. Um, international level, I mean, another one who scored got I mean, I played against him and I think it was at Middlesbrough. Bernie Slaven. Yeah, yeah. Shared a room with Bernie. Yeah. Bernie yeah. Slaven. Character. Real good guy. Good player. Good player. Um, An underrated Lee Rossinia. Was we Yeah. Yeah, Leroy. Yeah, good guy. Real good guy. Um, Very underrated. John Aldridge. Oh, yeah. If you go there, you can start chucking Aldridge and Niall Quinn if you're going to do that. Niall Quinn, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've loved. And the man who got got just shy of 50 goals at Tottenham as well, of course. You play with him. Well, he makes it. Yeah. Oh, there we go. We got one. There you go. He makes it. He has to make it. He has to make it. Yeah. Um, Just a goal machine. Um, I don't know. I don't know where to start with. We, I played together in the youth team with him at QPR. The amount of goals he scored at that level was ridiculous. But he then took it onto senior football, and you know the amount of goals he scored there. Um, went abroad and played. We actually played in a 
game against each other abroad in Belgium. Uh, I was playing for Chalois, he was playing for Bordeaux, um, played for England, scored unbelievable amount of goals during his career. Such a nice guy, nice family, um, went on, sold for millions in his career, absolute millions. Um, just a machine. Everything in training, his finishing was absolutely incredible. The best finisher I've ever seen. And I've look, I've been lucky enough, you know, John Aldridge, you mentioned John Aldridge, Frank Stapleton, Niall Quinn, people like that. Uh, Paul Goddard, who was yeah. um, a player that played alongside this player in the youth team. And I, they were the two strikers in our youth team. Anytime he got the ball forward in or into the final third, more often than not, you know you're going to score a goal. Yeah. Um, just want to touch on there, well, just just before you move on. Um, you, obviously, obviously, you said you we've played with Clive at um, the youth team level, and, and like you said, everyone knows how he's gone on from that. Yeah. So it's Clive, it's Clive yeah. Allen, by the way, listeners. Clive, Clive Allen, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Clive, <laughs> to score the goals that he did and scored 50 that season. When you was playing with him at that level, youth level, was that something which he just was just a natural, or was it something that, like, after training, it was you'd see him with a bag of balls and he'd be like, bang, just, or was it natural, just natural finisher? He was a natural finisher, um, but he would, he would obviously practice his finishing, he would do extra and stuff like that, but he was a natural finisher. He would, he would put, put himself into a position and the ball would just shot for him and he would finish it. Um, and when the goals that he got at Tottenham, he was a lone striker as well, which is an unbelievable feat, really. But from the young age of, you just knew he was going to go on and make it and be uh, uh, an outstanding goal goal scorer. You just knew it, and you know he he had success, and then he had a knockback with the the move to Arsenal and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but he bounced back. You know, he's he played for I think all the London clubs, all the major big big London clubs. And the best finisher I've ever seen. Unbelievable finish. And, and you'd have to say as well, I mean, he wasn't exactly um, quick, was he? He wasn't like someone who would sprint away from you when in this day where you've got like some of these like um, Mbappe, you know what I mean? Who's just yeah. lightning, lightning quick. Yeah. He you didn't have the that, guy, well, he hasn't got their pace. He didn't, he never yes, had their pace. No, he exactly. Sharp. He was really yeah. sharp and he would anticipate and he would be thinking two or three steps ahead of the defender or anybody else to get himself into a position where he thought the ball might just drop. Um, uncanny, really. Um, it'd be like a magnet to him in the in the six-yard ball, in the penalty area. It'd be a magnet to him, it'd come to him and he'd just finish it. Right or left foot, headers, knee, anything. It would just go in, fly in the back, back of the net. You must have played against him, Marv. Yeah, 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 I mean, I played down, yeah, yeah, you must have done, yeah. Like you know, how'd, like you go, said, how'd you get on, Marv? Um, I think, I mean, is he still in your pocket now? <laughs> I mean, you know what, you know what, I'm, I'm I'll let him know, I'll let him know, Clive, I'll tell him, eh? <laughs> he, was a, he, was, he was a top player, um, Clive, and I mean, and it's a big, Adam, they were a big fan, weren't they? I mean, there's a like, yeah, um, yeah. a lot. A lot of them who obviously went on his cousins and stuff like that. You had um, Ollie, Paul Allen, who was at um, at Tottenham as well. You had yeah, Martin. Um, Martin Allen. You had Rory Allen. Then at Portsmouth. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a generation of them. But going yeah, back but to your um, your question, yeah, I mean, I think he, listen, he played against me, and I think he must have not 
It wasn't that wasn't marking at the time. It's the one time he got away from me. I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> one of the biggest things I remember, like everybody talks about his finishing and stuff like. He was a winner. He he had a aggression about him as well. Um, you know, he could look after himself. Yeah, he, he could look after himself. You know, and I think you had to uh, more so back then because um, you had some defenders like you hanging around Marv who would. Uh, you know, try and look after him. Let's put it like that. But no, fantastic finish. Fantastic. So next to Clive Allen. Yeah, this is this is tough because we've met, we've mentioned a few already, but um, the one player who uh, technically I felt was outstanding. He was a player that I was a young player coming through at QPR. Actually played with him at QPR. Um, he would at ten to three have the sporting life at the the horses. A ten to three wouldn't do a warm up. <clears throat> Would then rock up out onto the pitch, be the best player on the pitch, <clears throat> idolised by by the QPR fans. Um, but I I could not believe that a player like him could do what he done leading up to a game in terms of preparation. You know, picking horses out, the sporting life, and then rocking up onto the field of play and being the best player. Just unbelievable amount of ability he had. But um, yeah, another character. There's a lot of characters in this team. But you can argue he's one of the biggest ones. Sporting life. You got it, Andrew? No. No. What, 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 what other, other clubs? Other clubs. We need some other clubs. Yeah, what other clubs did he play for? I haven't got he it. He played either. for Forest. He went and played for Notts Forest under Brian Clough, I believe. Um, oh. Yeah, he, he played for Brentford also, I think he did. But his main, main club was QPR. Um, was he? He wasn't. He wasn't. Um, he he didn't play for Chelsea as well, did he? Who? Sorry, Chelsea. Did he play for Chelsea as well? No, not that I'm. I was thinking. I was thinking of um, Clive Walker. Walker. Oh, okay. No, no, Clive. I played, I played with Clive. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. You played with him. Yeah, he's a player. Clive Walker. Yeah, good player. Cool. Now this guy, he played he, for England on a a handful of occasions, I think, off the top of my head, but. He went to Nottingham Forest, and I think it was a little bit too far away from London as well. He was he was based in London. Um, sporting life, sporting. This is going back in the day. You wouldn't get away with it now, but you know there was a group of players then who were to relax and. Did, did he you know, did he play did he play internationally as well? Yeah, or? for England. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, a handful England. of times I believe for England. Yeah, but there was a handful of players in the dressing room who would. Leading up to games, which would relax by, you know, looking at the sport. Oh, did he also play for uh, Man United? You've already mentioned him. Yeah, Andrew. I think Andrew's mentioned him, hasn't he? Did Andrew yeah, mention him? I think Andrew. Yeah. Did Why Andrew mention him? Went up. Nah, I haven't done anybody. Went up to. You've mentioned him. You've mentioned him already, but out oh. of position. In an out of position. <sighs> I've got you, but you've already. I know. I can't. You can't let us do it. Don't let him do us. Come on. We've 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 said it already, but we must have said it in midfield. You did. You said it in midfield. Who played at Forest? I know the Forest thing is is thrown me. You didn't play for Forest for too long. Come on, Andrew. Let's dig, 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 dig. It's one of the ones. It's one of the ones you'd have said, Marv, because none of the ones that I said would have gone to left footed. Oh. Left foot, he just said. Um, left foot. You've mentioned some left foot, like Stainrod, people like that. I, I mean, no, I'm, it's gone. Wads, go on. Well, Les Ferdinand, you mentioned, didn't you? Teddy Sheringham, you mentioned. 
Yeah, brilliant yeah, players in their own right. I didn't play too much with Les. Teddy I played a lot with at Millwall. Uh, at Millwall. Yeah. Uh, outstanding player. He could quite easily get in this team. Um, Stan Bowles. Stan Bowles. Marvin. Yes, I did mention Stan But Teddy, Teddy, I've got to say, Teddy Sheridan was an incredible player. Absolutely incredible player. Him and Cascarino um, at Millwall were fantastic partnerships. Similar to... What I said about Clive and Paul Goddard, you know, as partnerships go, you know, them two were quite special, you know, Cass and Teddy. So, um, but I have to say for just ability alone, Stan Bowles is incredible. Yeah. Interesting. And a character as well, as I say. Yeah, you were saying. He'd be sitting there with his clothes on, just get changed, go out there and it'd be a stroll in the bathroom. And I'm, I'm, I'm there an hour and a half before the game trying to get myself ready for the game to be the best player or try to do really well, he'd rock up and just be the best player because that's what he was. And, you know, unbelievable. But you'll have to check that out, Forrest. I'm sure it's Forrest. I'm sure it's Brentford. No, no, I think think you're you're, you're right. You're right. I mean, there's another one we didn't mention. Another one, um, ex-Man United, centre forward, played for, with you, probably at international level. Frank Stapleton. Yeah, Frank Stapleton. He was a player. Great player. But who do you choose? You know this. I know that's what I'm saying. But that's, that's, this is what I was saying was at the start. I said until I started doing the research, and I'm thinking, I yeah. mean, it's 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 was. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I remember was yeah, QPR, um, yeah, Bristol Rovers, yeah, yeah. And then like when I actually went and started delving, whoa! He put yeah. Don Gibbons, another one. Yeah, yeah. Well, what player even? <laughs> it's quite funny. You now just sitting here now talking. <laughs> And you're throwing these names, you think, yeah, God, wow, what a player he was. I forgot to play. Yeah. You know, I played with Steve Highway, who played Steve on the Highway, left wing. Yeah. You know, I, played, I played with him, you know. Um, Stanley Lee. Legend. Sorry? Stanley Lee. Stanley Lee, Stanley yeah. Lee. Sammy Lee, yeah, coming to QPR. Yeah. Um, I played a few games. Sammy was brilliant, you know, for what he'd done at Liverpool, then to come into our dressing room. He was so enthusiastic about football. Uh, what he had achieved in his career, you know, great, great guy. You'd love him as a character as well. Absolutely love him. Peter Reid. Peter Reid comes to QPR. Um, he did? Yeah, he come there. And, and what about, was that, was that, um, I mean, I think he's passed away now, the one who was um, centre forward for Man City. Was he the same Michael Robinson? Is that the one or not? Yeah, Robbo was there, yeah. Robbo come. It, yeah, he come he from... Bright- uh, he went to Brighton. He went to Brighton? Yeah, that's Brighton? it. Liverpool. Liverpool would come to our, yeah. He was a great player. Great player. He played, I played with him for the Republic of Ireland as well. Um, went went out to Spain and built a career in, in you know, being a commentator and a, a pundit and stuff like that. Unfortunately, he's passed away, but a great guy. Um, but it's, it's, it's mad. You're throwing names at me now and you're thinking, yeah, I played with that. You, you know, played I, played with him, with yeah, I know. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, but no, Fantastic. great memory. Fantastic. And look, all of them players could get in this team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've I've been lucky enough to play with these guys, been lucky enough to have so many outstanding managers and coaches to learn off of as well during my career. Um, yeah, yeah. When you look back, some fond memories. Awesome. Before we get on to your manager who would manage his team, um, I'm just going to ask you, from a perspective as obviously being player and a manager, 
and this is quite a tough one maybe to answer is which one is would you say is the greater achievement personally was it getting to the FA Cup final with QPR or the promotion with Aldershot or are they too difficult to compare and I'll give you an yeah answer. they're too difficult to compare <laughs> because <laughs> is, it different, is, is it a different pride thing yeah completely because you, t- you just take the QPR FA Cup final um, and we'll all Remember this as we're growing up. You'd be what you'd be sitting in front of the telly on a Saturday morning, watching players having their breakfast, walking onto the coach, getting on the coach, the helicopter over the coach, making their way into Wembley. And you would want to be a player doing that. And then after the cup final, whoever the cup final was between and who whoever was the outstanding player or the one who scored the winning goal, you would be down the park straight after the game, being that player. Yeah. And the dream was to, to go and do that. And I lived in Wembley. That's where I was brought up. And my dream was to play at Wembley Stadium in an FA Cup final. That was my dream, to do that. And to actually go on and achieve that, unfortunately, we didn't win the game. But to play on a Saturday and then get a replay on the Thursday, to play two FA Cup finals within a matter of days, that was an unbelievable feeling and achievement. Uh, as a player <clears throat> as a manager it's a completely different feeling because you as a player you're controlling yourself within a, a team environment uh, and you want to do well you don't want to let let anybody down you give your all and that was a dream as a manager uh, I've been lucky that I've I took all the shot into the football league and got promotion for them and for the entire season the results are on you you lose a game, it's your responsibility. You win a game, it's the player's joy. You leave that, it's not yours. But you lose, it's your responsibility. And the year I went into all the shot, the aim wasn't to get promoted. It was to have a team that was could compete at the right level or disabled. And we got to the stage where it was looking as though we could go up. And all of a sudden, that not burden, I wouldn't say burden or pressure, but that expectation becomes real. And every time you've got an opportunity to get across the line or you're close to getting across the line, it's difficult. It becomes even more difficult. And the players feel that pressure. But ultimately, if if you fail, who gets it? Yeah. The manager always gets it. Um, again, fortunately, we, was, we achieved it. We got over the line. And what a feeling that was. You cannot... The celebrations that we had were remarkable. Um, and I've been lucky enough, I've got a promotion with Wickham as well. So, and I've, I've had a relegation as well. So I've tasted both sides of it. So I know what it's like. But both are different as a player achieving what we achieved. It's a completely different feeling to being a manager because as a manager, you're responsible for absolutely everything. You pick the team, yeah. and you're letting players down. You're letting supporters down if you don't win the game. They point the finger at you if the result isn't right. As a player, all you can do is give your best and move on. As a manager, you can't move. You move on from a win, but you can't move on from a defeat. It hangs around you for the week until you play again. Both different feelings, both brilliant feelings. To separate them, I can't because they were both out. So, I mean, I never knew that. Is it just even just from listening or just listening to you speak there, what? You was grew up in Wembley. I was born in Wembley. Yeah, I grew up in. I was born in Kingsbury. That's, where, that's where I was born. 
well, born in yeah, Kingsbury Hospital. Kingsbury Hospital. Yeah, me too. Not... Kingsbury Hospital, what? yeah. Yeah, no, you wasn't. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, wow. yeah. And, and then, then listening to you, I mean, see, look, you got to, you see, you got to Wembley. I didn't, I mean, I didn't play in a cup final, but I mean, I don't think I honestly, like you said, I grew up exactly the same, watching it on TV and you get on the yeah. bus and all that. Yes. And that was everyone, every kid's dream oh. growing up. And that was my dream. And I don't know, like now, I mean, when I look back, even though I had a career, I think if I got to Wembley once in a cup final, I wouldn't be able to play. I think I'd pass out. I think that would be that. <laughs> I would. I um, think I literally would collapse on the field and pass out because I'd be thinking, I can't believe I'm here at Wembley playing in a cup final. I think I'd be that. I wouldn't be nervous. I'd be, I'd be just, just so emotionally overwhelmed that I would think I would just pass out. I would literally just drop to the ground. Uh, right. It's incredible. I was 20, 20 at the time. And it was going back to what we said. It's changed now. The FA Cup finals changed. You don't yeah. get the, the build up to it, and I think it, that's sad, really, because it is. you don't get that build up. You don't get that excitement and stuff like that. Whereas we did. We we were able to watch it all. And as I said, there after the, the cup final, you'd go out and be that player uh, or that player who scored the winning goal. And where where I went out onto the park, I could see the stadium. I could see the the, the towers and stuff like that. So to go and do it. It was unreal. But leading up to the cup final, everyone said, take it all in. You have to take it in because it will go so quickly. And I tried, tried my best to take it all in. And I can remember quite a lot of it. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I think I did. I was able to remember most of it because we had the replay on the Thursday as well. So, you know, it's a double whammy, you know, and we were lucky and we were, we were, we were a championship side, like the Tottenham were a Premier League side. Going back in the day, they were mm. a League One and we were a League Two or Division One, Division Two. Yeah. So we were the underdogs. And to go and take them to a replay and stuff like that and to play against the players that we played against, like Glenn Oddle and Steve Archibald, Garth Crooks and, you know, Graham Roberts, Ray Clements and, you know, Chrissy Newton and people like that, Steve Perryman. What player, what captain he was. Yeah. And, you know, for QPR to, to go and play in an FA Cup final, it would have been unbelievable if we would have won it. You know, and incredible. But we played West Brom in the semi-final at Highbury. What a day that was. What a, what a day that was. So I've got some real good memories. Do you, um, do you, do you still, do you, do you have it recorded? Do you, do you have it on tape or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And do you, do yeah. you watch it or not? I've not when watched it. Watch- I've not watched it for years. I've not watched it for years. I would. Um, I mean, I'm I'm in the habit. I'd would love to. If I was you, I'd be like, I. So every now and then, I I look at like at Luton games, and it's just like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I I look back. I think, God, I'd be worth millions today. <laughs> <laughs> you were worth millions, mate. You were. Jeez. No, I know what you mean. I know. But it, 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 no, it's I'm strange. joking. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. But you you have your own memories, don't you? Yeah. You yeah. have your own memories, but, but then you go and watch it on a DVD or a video or something like that. It brings everything back home and you look at yourself and you go, I was skinny then. And look at you now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All of them little stupid little things. Yeah. But no, I, it was it was brilliant. It's it funny enough, I, I, I was watching it because I got this highlight video where there's just different clips from like Luton games. And yeah. um, one of them was the, um, you remember this, um, Sheffield United six three, 
You got yeah. sent off. Do you remember that? Yeah, I can remember that. Yeah, I got sent off you, once or twice I, in my career, but there you go. I know, but I, it, was, it was funny because I, I mean, we got caught on the counter attack, and like yeah. it was like you sort of like shoulder the guy, and it's like you, you made out that you collided. And so, like, <laughs> it was funny. It was funny, but it was yeah. yeah that was yeah. one of the games where I, mean, I, was, I was watching back. It was um, hilarious. Because some I, good memories, mate. We, some good yeah. memories. Awesome. So I'm going to get back to the to the original question, which kind of took me to the older shot and the players question was, obviously you've, you've worked under a stack of managers. And this is the one we do say you can pick anybody. We've had people who've picked their international manager, but we've also had people who've picked their 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 coach when they were in under, under eights, under nines at school. So it literally can go all the way up, all the way down. And we're not going to guess. Just just go through who who you think was most in, either the best manager for this team or the most inspirational manager you've ever worked under. Well, I had a lot of... Lot of in my career, I've had a lot of managers, you know, and David Pleat at Luton, Lenny Lawrence at Luton, um, experienced managers, um, learned off of both of them. I had a manager at uh, Bristol Rovers called John Ward, who... I played for for two years and I learned a hell of a lot off of him. But the, the penny only dropped when I went on to the coaching management side about how much he taught me and influenced me. Uh, more so than when I was playing for him. It was later on uh, in my coaching career when I thought, wow, I, I picked up a lot from him. Um, you know, Tommy Doherty gave me my... QPR debut at 17. What a what a manager, what a career, what a character, personality he was, you know, and the, the players that he managed, um, for him to give me my debut. Um, Jim Smith at QPR, unbelievable um, person, unbelievable football man. Um, I've learned off of all of these people, you know, and, you know, I played for Glenn Hoddle at Swindon, Jerry Francis at QPR. You know, I, I could rattle a few few more off, but uh, the outstanding one for me, and he was a uh, he was ahead of his time um, at club level uh, to begin with, and then he he went abroad, and then he went on to manage internationally. Um, an unbelievable man manager. He knew where the line was. You could have a laugh and a joke with him, but when when he was serious and when you had to go to work, you knew you had to go to work. Um, way ahead of his time, Terry Venables. He's the yeah. one outstanding manager um, that I think loads of quality of quality of players have looked up to him. But he had a massive influence on me at a young age uh, when I was developing as a as a player. Um, yeah, I can't speak hardly enough of the guy. As I say, as a person, he was approachable. He was knowledgeable. He would. He would give you the time of day. He would want to develop you, make you a better player. Um, but he would also tell you when you weren't doing things right. So the man management side, he was he was second to none. He, he was your mate one minute and he was your he was your gaffer the next minute. You know, it was one of them where you had to you knew where the line was. Um, but then to go abroad um, to Barcelona. And manage a club of that that size and that standing with the players that were, were out there, and then to come back at club level and then international level, what he done for England with that group of players to get them so close to a <coughs> excuse me a final was quite remarkable. The way they played, 
Um, fantastic, absolutely fantastic coach. But I could name a lot more, but they're they're just a few few people that I could name that had an influence on my career. But the the standout was was Terry Van. Perfect. And um, our final question was: I mean, I, I mean, just to let, let the listeners and a lot of the clubs you play for, what what are you doing now? I know I know what you're doing, but just explain to them where you're at. You know, I think you touched on it briefly talking about the assistant job so just go into a little bit about what you're doing now well um, I'm assistant head coach at Cambridge United um, this is my second season there we, um, we gained promotion last year from league two to league one and you know I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it you know as I said to you earlier on I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to taste every role before I got the manager's job and I've had a couple of assistant roles now and well, at the moment, that's what I'm doing. Uh, the club, the club itself, is a is a very good club. They've got some outstanding people uh, involved in it. Uh, the head coach, Mark Bonner, is a young young guy in his first job. He wanted a more experienced guy alongside him. And as I said to him when I first met him, what do you mean by that? Just an old git because I tick that box for you. Um, but we get we've got on really really well and it's worked you know it's really worked and I'm enjoying what I'm doing uh, and as I say the people above Mark um, have been fantastic. There's no there was no expectation of us gaining promotion last year, but we achieved that. Um, everybody was you know delighted, grateful for what the players and the staff done. And this year it's. Uh, an incredibly challenging year with the teams that are at League One level, but one that we're thoroughly enjoying. So um, I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's a good group of players and it's a real good club, real good club. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, it was lovely to hear from you. Thank you so much for giving up um, so much of your time, Gary. Um, I really you. appreciate it. And that was Gary Wallace, my best 11. Thank you, Gary.